yet over and over and over again, he tells us to remember. What? Does that seem a little backwards? It's like God telling me, hey, uh, lose weight, but knows how bad I am at jogging. Right? It just seems weird. But he, he does this thing that we see over and over again in Scripture where he creates these festivals. Now, these festivals are just a, a fun word for party. God likes to party. He likes to have a lot of parties. Okay? And he does these parties for what purpose? What do you think? Celebrate God's goodness. Remember, yeah, actually, yeah, to, to remember. He, he says over and over and over again, like when you go through like how he dealt with the Israelites, it's like, hey, do this in remembrance of me. Have this party, remember what I've done. And what was the big thing he was celebrating with them? Kim, a party, he was celebrating a party, but you remember what he was celebrating with them? The deliverance from Israel? Oh, yeah, deliverance from Israel, yeah. I'm tracking with you, John. Yeah, he was celebrating what he had done in their life. He had brought them out of slavery, out of bondage, and he had given them a promised land, a place they could go, a land flowing of milk and honey. And he gave them these festivals and these parties to celebrate not only that he had done that, but to celebrate the things that he had done along the way. Well, okay, so if that's true, that helps us remember, why do we care? Why, why am I talking about that now? Because the, that party, those celebrations, this isn't like a godly ordained festival that we're about to have. But what it is, it's a festival we're about to have. We are going to take some time now to celebrate what God has done in the past year and to remind ourselves how good God has been in not only our lives, but in the lives of those that he has chosen to touch through the people here of grace. Amen? That's exciting. That's really, really good stuff. Yes, yeah, so a couple of quick things we just want to go through that, that happened over the past year. And as uh, Pastor Michael and I were working through these, like, it was kind of hard to figure out, did that happen in 2018? Or that, did that even happen? It's crazy. Um, do you guys remember East Point? Did you, okay, Grant's got it. Okay, East Point. Okay, so um, early last year, a church was talking about expanding into this side of Ocala. And for those of you guys who live here in Ocala, if you know anything about Ocala, it's massive. Ocala is basically a county, right? You could be on one side of that 75, and they, they were expanding. And they had a, quite a few people that were coming from this side of the area over to their church building over there, and they wanted to expand. And they approached us with the idea of sharing the building. It's weird, but it's our building. No. We are a church, and you are a church, and no, no. Actually, that, that was funny, because we, we sat down, uh, Pastor Todd, Pastor Michael, myself, we're like, no, no, this is exactly the stuff that God has called us to do, to partner with his church, Big C, right? Not just grace, but his church to help, right? So then we opened our doors, and we talked about that as a body together for them to come and meet on Saturdays. And they did that for quite a while, and Pastor Michael actually agreed to help lead worship for them and to help develop a team for them to lead worship on their own once he had developed that team. It's a lot on his plate. But then that happened and we worked together and then you had all the growing pains of, you know, uh, people leaving this stuff out and all that kind of stuff. That, that would come from that. But then over time, we saw that they agreed to mow the property. Now, the property, Frank will tell you, 187 million acres. There's more grass in our property than 
all of the forest. But they, they agreed to do that, so that was God providing for a need that we had at the time, and he happened to do that by providing for a need for another church body. You see how God was working? That's God right there, right? Other cool thing is, as that happened, and they decided they weren't going to expand, they told us they were going to be, they no longer needed the building. So now we're like, that's a bummer. But then also we were thinking about some practical stuff like, that's a lot of yard. What are we going to do about this yard? It's really a lot of yard. And Frank stepped up, and Frank has been mowing the church property all year long. That is worth celebrating, absolutely. And he didn't know I was going to shout his name out. I'm sorry, Frank. I love you, buddy. Just, just did it. Didn't, didn't complain about it. Didn't, I mean, maybe he went home and was like, Kathy, that's a lot of yard. But he, he did it, right? He used what God had given him to serve the body here in Ocala. And we think so practically that it's grass, but it's important. Because if you want to invite people to a church building to show them who Jesus is, and the yard is as tall as my yard at my house, maybe not. They're like, okay, I'm not really down for that. And not only did Frank do that just sacrificially and just, just did it and did it and continues to do it, he does it on a mower that was built for the Oregon Trail. Our mower is like that big, and it's basically like what Grant pushes around that pops bubbles out of the top. And he's, he's, he just continues to do it. Not only that, as that was happening, we obviously have a need of cleaning the building. There are people that are here in this room right now who specifically asked not to say their name, so I'm not going to, but those people come and clean this building every single week. And you come in and, yeah, that's worth, that's worth celebrating too. Hallelujah, man. And the thing is, you come in and you don't notice a vacuum floor. What you notice is a non-vacuum floor that's got a bunch of crumbs on it. We don't have that issue because the people that care enough about what God is doing here take time out of their week every week to come and clean up and just cleaning up Kid Nation is a full-time job. Praise God. The, the work that that does, setting the stage for people that would come, is incredibly impactful and it's worth celebrating. Also, we had, um, you guys remember Home, right? Hands of Mercy Everywhere. So for the last two years, we've partnered with them around Mother's Day. What it is, it's an at-risk shelter for young unwed mothers who don't know basically how they're going to live. They're pregnant, and now they're really, really scared. And we all know the options that they have to them, but they've decided to go into this, I hesitate to call it shelter, but what it, it is a shelter for them. And they go in and they teach them how to live fiscally responsible. They teach them how to balance a checkbook, how to get a job, how to raise their child. And we've partnered with them for the last two years. Now, last year, we, of course, thought, what is it they need? Well, they need food. We could do food. So we did food. This year, we were like, hey, what is it you need? And you know what they needed? Bikes to ride off all the weight from how much food we gave them. So they wanted bicycles, and we're like, oh, okay, bicycles, okay, how, how do we do that? And if you guys remember Pastor Todd, Pastor Todd is passionate, passionate about bicycles. And he thought, we're not going to get the Walmart bicycles, we're going to get the cruisers that have a lifetime warranty, and, and, you know, we'll ride over all the trails and all this kind of stuff. And I remember sitting there thinking, Pastor Todd, that's great, um, how are we going to pay for that? How's that going to happen? So... 
we brought that before the body, and this body raised $1,600. God used us to raise $1,600. That's worth celebrating to get these cruiser bikes for these young ladies. And here's the thing. These bikes have warranties that are all done through Santos, a group that, that Pastor Todd was very much connected to. So if they have a problem, they can take it down to Santos and get the bike fixed pretty much for free. It is free. Okay, I wasn't 100% on that. For free. They had the warranties and everything on this, right? And the joy of being at that place when these women who had the weight of the world literally in their stomachs, getting on a bicycle and giggling like girls. Mm. It was incredible. They were girls again. God used this body to do that. That's worth celebrating. That is something that we can look back and say, look at what God did. God told us there was a need. And then when we saw the need, we thought, we can't do that. And then God said, yeah, you're right. I got it. And then he met the need for them. And it's incredible. For those of you guys that weren't around for that, there's video that we have that you can check out. And just I just want you to hear their, their laughs. It was amazing. And we'll continue to partner with them about what it is God's doing in those girls' lives. Oh, gosh. Such a baby. And now um, to Kid Nation. We got to celebrate three graduations out of Kid Nation this year. That's absolutely worth celebrating. Those are three young people that have gone through Kid Nation and are now in middle school. And you better believe that they're a part of our prayer life. Middle school is crazy. But you got Stephen, you got Max, and you got Ethan. Three young men who are learning more about what God's role is in their life. And it started for a lot of them in Kid Nation. That is amazing, and that's worth celebrating. And they're in here on a Sunday morning, right? And we've, we've uh, started doing the small groups, which Max was bummed aren't happening this afternoon. He's like, oh, man, I thought I was starting back up again. I was like, yeah, I'm 13. Oh. I led youth groups where kids didn't want to go. Like, that's, that's, that's worth celebrating. We're also about to complete our very first run-through the entire Bible in Kid Nation in just under two years. If you go into the back, you can see on the wall that was painted by someone in this room that was provided by two people in this room, actually. That is God's story from beginning to end, and our kids know it. Our kids have studied it. Our kids can point to a segment of God's story and tell you what was happening there, and they can think about it in the linear. They're understanding the themes throughout Scripture, like we're talking about remembrance. They can track through and show you where God was pointing to them about, remember this. Remember the flood. Remember Adam and Eve. Remember, they, they can break down the divided kingdom. That's incredible. We got four weeks left of that, and we're going into Revelation, so your prayers would be very much appreciated. Oh, man. Ugh. Just gonna keep on crying. And then just just a couple like a week ago, I guess, we had a Christmas celebration. Now, that was incredible in and of itself, but for some of you in this room, you know that the planning for that started in the spring. 
We sat down at Robbie and Rachel's house in the spring to start praying about what we were going to do for Christmas. And you know where we landed? We weren't doing a Christmas Eve service. That seemed a little bit weird, right? Didn't make a ton of sense to a lot of people. And we prayed about who God was going to bring to it. And there were almost 50 people around a campfire in the back of the property, worshiping God, singing, and hearing the gospel. That's what we're celebrating. That, yeah, that, that, that's, that's a clap, man. That's, that's what's up. And eating a ton, a ton of cookies. A ton of cookies. That was the culmination of literally years, guys. Pastor Michael and I, we were talking after that was over, and um, our Christmas Eve services, have we've all, they've been good, but we've always felt like there's something we missed. We've always looked back at it and been like, oh, but this, this, this. And we looked at each other, we're like, four years in, we got Christmas Eve. And it wasn't on Christmas Eve. But that was God moving in the hearts of people. God drawing people close, and then God revealing himself. That's what we're celebrating. Now, this, this last year has also been a year of loss. We lost Joan. She's, she's up north. I mean, she's still with us, but you know, she's not here. That woman was a bedrock for this body. With all the transitions that were going on, when we as a body were, were coming up and Pastor Todd was building a team to come here, she was the only person that was still around from the core group of people that kept this building open, this church functioning while God was preparing what he was going to do. And she's now in where it's even colder than it is here. And Facebook messaging with her the other night, she misses us and we miss her too. But God's moving her family's life in a way that, guess what, probably wouldn't have happened had she not been up there. God's moving. So uh, many of you guys know the story of Grace up until this point. But just a quick recap, Pastor Todd and Ms. Deb were called by God years ago to build a team to move down to Sebring to help relaunch this church. This church was failing. It, it approached Grace in Sebring and offered Grace Sebring to purchase the property because they were going to sell the property. And Grace Sebring said, no, we don't want to do that. What if we help you with pulpit supply while we build a team to help the church? And they did that for going on a decade now. That's how long this has taken. And Pastor Todd and Miss Deb were a part of that. And he built a team that included Pastor Michael and Jesse coming from Indiana Myself, my wife, come in from Sebring to help with what was going to happen here. And then that same God called them away. It hurt. It hurt bad. But at the same time, he's not done. And the God who worked and called him to Florida and called them away is still working in their lives in Oklahoma, of all places. That's crazy. Pray for Pastor Dodd and Miss Deb. Reach out to them. They, man, God's not done with what their story is, and I can't wait to see what it is. But the benefits of, and the results, the fruits of his ministry, you can see it in Pastor Michael. You can see it in the way that 
He poured into him and developed him and developed me so that when they were called away, this body didn't just implode. God continued to move, and we've grown. More growth has come because God is still moving. And in this past year, we get to celebrate the work of Pastor Michael and Miss Jesse and the way that they have led this body and the grace that they have had when they have their kids running around all over the place and they got everything going on, but you can always go to them and talk to them about anything. And they're here for us. That's worth celebrating because God's about people and he has created these people to help with this body. How's your memories? All of that, and there's so many other things that I couldn't even touch on for time purposes. All of that happened with the people in this room over the last 365 days. When we read in Scripture, one of the phrases that's used to describe God is the, the Lord of hosts. When we read Lord of hosts, a lot of times we just skip right on past it. We don't even think about it. We Lord of hosts, yeah, that's God. Lord of hosts, Lord of hosts, Lord of hosts. That means the God of angel armies. That's what that phrase means. The God of angel armies is who we serve. And in calling out his name, people remember who he is. That's remembrance. So as Pastor Michael is about to explain what's going to happen in 2019, I would just challenge us to remember that the God of angel armies did some incredible stuff in 2018. He's not done. Amen? Let's pray together, church. God, thanks so much for, um, for a year. Uh, Lord, I thank you for all of the ways that you have walked with us and all the ways that you've provided with us. Lord, I thank you for um, Ryan and for the ministry that you have done through him and in him this year. Lord, I thank you for this church, for grace. Lord, and we are here because you have placed us here. We're grateful. We're not worthy of that in and of ourselves, but we're grateful for the privilege to be able to partner with you in the work that you want to do in Ocala. Lord, we pray this morning as we celebrate, God, that you would um, encourage our hearts, that you would remind us that you are working, and oftentimes we don't see it until we've gone through it. So, Lord, if we're feeling like it's a dark place and that you are not present and you are not working, God, would you give us hope that maybe tomorrow or next week we can look back and say, yeah, God, you were all over that. Would you help us to trust us until that day? It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, church. It's funny when I when I when we talked through what we were going to talk about. I didn't. Uh, it's funny what got into the notes that I didn't, we didn't talk about beforehand. So, appreciate Ryan and his ministry and the work that he's done um, in Kid Nation. We studied here recently Adam and Eve and about a promise that God made in the garden that He was going to take care of sin. But if we take a step back, uh, just think about being Adam for a moment, that he was formed by God and that he woke up. And what was the place that he woke up in? This is where you talk. What was the place that he woke up? In the garden. And how did that garden get there? God made it. 
Did, was, was Adam like standing on the sidelines like watching God plant things? Thank you. <clears throat> no. God did work before he made Adam to make a place for him. And so when I think about where we were in January of 2018, um, I could not have anticipated at all what God did last year. Um, God had already moved in Pastor Todd's heart and indicated to him that he was going to be moving, but we didn't know at that point. And so we, when we laid out the plans for the year, I had no idea what God was doing or had already done or was in the midst of. And so this year, the easy way for me to kind of describe it that you guys would be okay with is if I just said, hey, this year was crazy. There were a lot of transitions. We didn't expect most of them, and we've just kind of been holding on and just trying to, like, follow God through the twists and turns of things. That'd be kind of the easy way to describe it. But I, I feel like for us, Grace, this year has been a waking up in the same way that Adam woke up. Adam woke up in a place that was already prepared for him and found that there was work already set aside for him to do. And he didn't know it beforehand. He didn't have any hand in setting it up or establishing it, but he woke up and suddenly, I'm alive, and I've got this beautiful garden, and I've got this work to do to tend it. I feel like that's more our story from 2018. So I want to read uh, just briefly out of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, just starting in verse 1. And you were dead. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you, watch, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among, in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. You were dead. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. So I feel like that's an encapsulation, uh, a microcosm, a, a small picture of what our year has been like. We were just trying to figure things out. And God over this year has slowly awakened us and showed us like, no, I have prepared a place for you. I have prepared something for you to do. And Pastor Ryan pointed out Miss Joan she moved away this year, and she was the last person who was part of the congregation before we got here. She was the last member that was consistent through the big transition, who saw the church decline 
and saw Sebring come in and take over and saw things kind of keep the lights on and things going on. And then when we got here and all the chaos that ensued in those four years, and this year she moved on. Um, and she's such a great encouragement to us. But it was work that people did beforehand that set the stage for what we are to do. Uh, our mission, if I say it, is not going to be very difficult. What's our, what's our mission as grace? Make disciples. It's not a mission that we came up with. It's not something we dreamed about. It's something that was handed to us literally by Jesus. We read it every single week. Our mission is to make disciples. And so as I took over, um, <laughs> took over the mantle of leadership, sounds like, I don't know, sounds funny <laughs> to say it. <laughs> as I took the baton of discipleship from Pastor Todd, I spent a lot of time praying like, God, what is it that you want for grace? What is it that you want to do? What, is, what do we invest ourselves in? And we know that we're supposed to make disciples. What, what does that look like? And God turned my attention to exactly what we're doing this morning. How do you know what somebody values? You watch the things that they celebrate. The things that you value are the things that you celebrate. When you get really, really excited about that new outfit or something like that, that's because you know it's something that you value. When we stop our lives and celebrate high school graduations, we know that we value education, right? And so when we come to the end of a new year and we celebrate like, okay, the 2018 is done and we're going into 2019, what are the things that we value? What are the things that we're going to celebrate this morning? And as I've prayed about who we are, Grace, God has shown me, or however you want to word that, God has led me to three values. There are three things that I see in us over and over again that I see God growing in us and that I see God using to shape us. And I don't think these are going to sound too unfamiliar to you, although we've never articulated it in this way. The first is life-giving relationships. As we studied in Ruth, like friendship and life-giving relationships that God wants to give life. That's his introduction to himself is, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He made the stage. And then he gave life to Adam. God gives life. And families give life. And so there's this life thing that happens. And then there's spiritual death that we have to overcome. So the first life-giving relationship that's a value to us is the life-giving relationship we have with Jesus. He's the one who stands in the gap and says, I can correct this spiritual death that you are in. And so all of the life that we have, we draw from him. But then as he's giving us life, he's also uniting us together in friendships. He calls us a family. He calls us a flock. He has all kinds of descriptions of what the church is supposed to be, but it's a community of people. We were created for community, and God redeems us as a community. We are the church. When we wake up in the morning, when we come here, the greeting is, good morning, church. That's you. That's not the building. The building's never going to answer to that. We are the church. So life-giving relationships are something that we value, and we've seen growth in that. We've seen people make new connections with Jesus. We've seen people have new, uh, the formations of relationships with Jesus. And it's one of those things that's exciting to watch, and it's, it's one of those things, like we prayed before, that maybe sometimes in the moment you don't see what God is doing, but people from, with a different perspective can see it, 
And maybe one day God will show you what he has done in the rearview mirror. So we've seen those kinds of things. Um, and we've seen friendships growing. Like, I can look out and see friends that we didn't have last year in January that now we have that are, are, are just friends. And that's exciting. Our culture, our society doesn't do friendship very well, and yet what God has formed here is a group of friends who genuinely care about each other in love and in grace. And that's exciting. Um, we talked about East Point and the opportunity to share our building with another congregation. See, if, if we are the church and there are other churches in the area, like, hey, we're on the same team. It's, it's not our building. This is a gift that God has given to us to use for his glory. And so as last year we talked with East Point, this year, um, even just yesterday, I had a pastor in the area said, hey, um, we have somebody who's made a profession of faith that like, really wants to be baptized. And uh, do y'all have a baptismal? Like, can we use your baptismal? Uh, yes, of course you can. <laughs> I said, we haven't used it for a couple of years because when we do it, we go out to Lake Weir and we baptize out in public. Like, I don't even know if the heater works, but you're more than welcome to use it. And so it's an opportunity for us to give life to another smaller, if you can believe it, congregation of people that are celebrating God's work in and through them. We get to share our building with other churches because we're on God's team. And that's exciting. Um, and we also have been partnering in a very small way with an organization called Wear Gloves. Who has drank the coffee? Yeah. So I don't know if you've read any of those, those cards over there, but Wear Gloves is an organization who wants to empower people who are distressed, which is their way of describing people that are homeless or people that are in between jobs or things like that, empowering them to be able to get on their feet and help to make good life choices. And so we've been partnering with them by buying their coffee. They have distressed people who come in and they've learned how to brew coffee. They've learned how to roast it. And so that's what they do. They do it and they sell it. They buy, um, they buy the bags blank. It's the same cost if they bought them printed. Like they could buy them printed or they can buy them blank and it's the same cost. But they buy them blank and then pay a distressed person to stamp them because that's what their mission is. And they're, they're, they're just empowering people to be able to move forward. And so we've, we've had a small connection with them this year, but they have a model that I think is, is, is life-giving to the people that they're ministering to. And it's a model that is put on my heart as well. We're situated in, in, in the middle of the forest and Silver Springs. These are not the nice parts of town. These are not the ritzy, gated neighborhoods. There are distressed people in our neighborhood who walk past this building every single day. And so my hope is as we go forward, as we continue to partner with Dignity Roasters and, and Wear Gloves, which is the organization, that we can be able to have life-giving relationships with people who are distressed, find ways to help them move forward. So our first value is life-giving relationships. Our second is divine wisdom because life-giving relationships got to be founded on something. How do we know that our relationships are life-giving? How do we know that we're just not a country club of people that like each other, that look the same, and kind of get along? Well, we turn to divine wisdom. We see what God has shown us and communicated to us primarily through his word. Every week, I hope you're not surprised that we read the Bible and that we want to talk about it and we want to understand what it is that God has already communicated to us. 
Hey, we value divine wisdom. We value the things that God has communicated about himself and the things that he's communicated about us to us and about the ways that we're supposed to relate to him. We value divine wisdom. And so you can expect that to continue into 2019. We're going to continue to be teaching. Um, uh, we're going to be going back into 1 Corinthians and 1 Corinthians 7. And 1 Corinthians 7 is about marriage. So we get to start off the new year starting next week talking about marriage and relationships and what all of that looks like. Not only marriage, but also singleness. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So the series is called Marriage and Other Mysteries. And we're going to have a lot of fun going through that. But we're going to continue to be going through the scripture and understanding the scripture because we value divine wisdom. And I use divine wisdom as opposed to like the Bible or biblical authority because there are people whom I know who love the Bible and who will study the Bible and study the Bible and study the Bible and can tell you everything about what the Bible says but don't ever apply it to their lives. And that's not what we value. If, if the Bible stays a book printed in, in paper, like it's, then that's not what God wanted for it. He wants to take the truths of what he's communicated about himself and apply it to our heart. He does that through his spirit, and he says that that's his goal for us. And so we learn the Bible to apply the Bible and be shaped by it. Divine wisdom isn't static and stuck in black and white. It is formed in our hearts. And so one of the ways that we're doing that is we're, we're gathering together in groups, and we're continuing to talk about the Bible. And we're continuing to seek out not only how to understand the Bible, but how do we apply it to my life this week and all the things that I got going on. Those are the harder questions to ask. So we've got um, on the website, ocalagrace.org slash groups. There's three groups listed there, and they're listed by neighborhood. There's one in the Fort King area, and that's in my neighborhood. There's one in the Shores area. That's Ryan's neighborhood. There's another one in Silver Springs um, at Daryl's Diner. That's another neighborhood that I've been infiltrating. And so these are things that, these are, these are gathered by locations. If there's not a group in your neighborhood, like this is your invitation to open up your home and have a group in your neighborhood because that's where our divine wisdom is applied. When we can sit together around a circle, around the word of God, pray together about the spirit of God moving in our hearts and shaping us together. Does that make sense? Um, and then we also want to equip you to share what it is that we're doing. So on Sunday mornings, um, I don't know if you've noticed this. One of the things that I've tried to do intentionally to equip you to be able to invite other people to come is when we start a new series, I will I craft that sermon in a way that should be approachable to people who have never heard of God or never thought of God at all. So when we start a new series, I want you to know that that first Sunday is designed to talk to somebody who's agnostic or somebody who's really skeptical about faith, so that if you're looking for a Sunday, like, I've got this friend, but I don't know if they're going to do a bunch of church stuff on, you know, you know how church, churches get. Sometimes they do church stuff, and that's weird. Like, the first Sunday of a new series will always be an opportunity for you to invite somebody to come and join, and it'll be presented in a way that we can show how much we value divine wisdom, but we can speak in a language that, that skeptical people and people who have rejected Jesus up until that point can accept. <clears throat> so that's a, a small change that we've made in the last couple of weeks. We also have a podcast. We record these things, and those are easy to share. Those are available in your podcasting app if you do that, or on the website is the best way to do it. And the other thing that I wanted to say is, like, on social media, we've been trying to put... Uh, 
put big ideas from the sermon in order for you to be able to share them. If you don't share them, like, we'll just stop. It's, that's what it's for. It's there for you to be able to share those things. Not uh, for marketing or anything like that, but because we value divine wisdom and we want to equip you to be able to share what it is that we're learning. Does that make sense? So we value first life-giving relationships. We value second divine wisdom. Our third value is gracious generosity. This is something that I have seen uh, in our body a long, long for, for years. This is actually a value that, that Joan in many ways instilled in us uh, just by her very presence here. She was incredibly gracious and she was incredibly generous. And we're so grateful for her ministry. I can remember looking back at statistics and there was a pastor somewhere that was trying to tell me like the, the average rate of like Christians and how they give their tithes and offerings. And it was all like blah, blah, blah. And, and, and there was a time where we sat down and figured out where we were at. And for a body our size and, and the, average, the average American Christian, like we were way above. Like our giving per person was, was way above percentage-wise. And it was incredible to see. And that just showed me that we value generosity. I've said over and over again like, that God gives us good gifts in order for us to share them. He gives us spiritual gifts so that we can share them. He gives us um, material gifts so that we can share them. And we've seen that with the bikes and home, partnering with them. We collected money to give a gift uh, to, to young girls. And we got to reap the benefit of, of, of seeing them enjoy that. And we also got to do this Christmas celebration. And this Christmas celebration was a little bit of a prototype. It was a, a, a beta test, if you will. We wanted to go out and use that area in the back. I don't know if you realize this, this building is on 10 acres. We have the land all the way back to the other side of the fence. And, and by and large, throughout the week, this sits empty. And so when we got together for Christmas Eve, we invited neighbors. And that was what was most exciting for me. We invited our neighbors to come and to be with us. Now, there's been times over the last couple of years where we have had big events, and we've spent a bunch of money, and we've had many, many people on, on our campus whom we didn't know, whom we didn't connect with, and whom we never have seen again. And yet, on Christmas Eve, we invited our neighbors, people that we knew, people that we are still connected with, and people that we can continue to minister with, whether they ever join us or not. And so on Christmas Eve, I, I gave the invitation to our neighbors who live in this area to these neighborhoods. I said, hey, we don't have a lot, but what we have, we want to share. We value gracious generosity. And so this pavilion, these tables, this fire pit, this smoker and, and, and this, this uh, barbecue grill, like we want to share it. So let us know, like just give us a call. Let us reserve it and, and you can use any of these things. And that's a, the first step in something that God has brought me through to this year. And this is the story. As I was praying about these three things and praying about what it is that God wanted us to do, he kept bringing something to mind, and I admittedly was resistant. I don't know if you have those conversations with God, where you say, God, please, I will do anything if you'll just tell me the answer to this question. And he tells you the answer. He said, no, 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 I wanted a different answer. Like, can you give me the answer that I wanted, God? And so as I prayed, like, God, what is it that you want me to do? You've helped me to recognize these values in our congregation, so how do we apply these things? And he kept saying, build a garden. And I said, I don't want to do that. I'm a landscaper. I have enough dirt work in my life. Like, I don't want to do that. 
And he just kept saying over and over again, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Build a garden. Make these 10 acres of space that's beautiful that other people will value. And find a way to do it that equips distressed people to be able to build something beautiful so that there's not this separation between homeless people and people who have houses, but that we can all value the same thing. Build a garden. Build a garden. Build a garden. And it, it was... Honestly, it takes me a long time. I don't know if you're as slow a learner as I am. I'm not that smart. And God finally said, just do it. I said, fine, maybe I will. And by I, I mean we, you know, church, anyway. So that week, actually it was the next day, I was going through some papers and going through a box. um, And I found this piece of paper. I'm going to hold it up for you real quick. So what this piece of paper is, is an outline for when the original congregation built this building. When they originally built this building, this was phase one. And they had envisioned something greater than what we sit in today. And one of the things that God kept saying, build a park, make a walking path, make something that people can come and enjoy, put some sports things, make it free for people to use. Be graciously generous with the things that you've been given. Use this as a platform for life-giving relationships to teach people divine wisdom. And he showed me this piece of paper in which I realized that the vision that God was giving me was not a new thing, but this was what he wanted from the beginning. That he's entrusted to us a vision that he gave to another generation that wasn't completed. And so as we go into 2019, I don't have all the answers of what it is going to look like. My anticipation is that it's going to be messy, that in the same way when we shared our building with East Point and people like left stuff out and we had to figure out how to make things work, we had to learn how to communicate with each other, like that's going to be our 2019. There's still going to be people involved. But God has a plan for this property and he's entrusted it to us. And so I, for one, want to be faithful to do what he's called us to do. And I'm the first one to admit I don't want to build buildings. And I don't want to have a building program. And I don't want to spend a bunch of money on stuff. And yet I'm reminded that even if you have the best actors in a movie and you have the most convincing people play a role, if you, if you, can, if you can feel the relationships between people, but the set designers in the movie do a terrible job, you're not going to buy it. You're not going to believe the story that they're telling. And the story that God wants to tell is his own. It's the greatest story. And the people he's already placed here, the relationships, the actors, hey, that's us. Not just me and Ryan, but us, Grace. And so now our work is to set the stage, to partner together to make something greater than any one of us can do. Let's pray together. Jesus, we're reminded that we were dead. That to even come to you, to be able to trust you for salvation, to be able to talk to you and have our voice heard in the heavenlies is your grace to us. That when we were enemies and wanted nothing to do with you, you sought us out and won us. And God, we are not... (laughs) 
God, we're not another church. We are who we are. And you've placed us here where you have at this time with these resources for what you wanted to accomplish. God, you are growing in us true values. And so, Lord, as we do that, Lord, we pray that your spirit would shape us to look more and more like your son, Christ. We pray that you'd give us the strength. We pray that you'd give us the wisdom. We pray that you'd give us the love and compassion for one another to do what you've called us to do. Week by week, day by day, hour by hour, God, we need you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So I don't know how you interact with that, but our invitation every week is the same, that we expect that God is moving, and the best way to remember that is to write it down, at least for me. And so there's connection cards in the seats there. If you'd like to um, write something down, something that God is doing in you this morning, God is speaking in this way, um, then you can do that and leave it in the basket in the entryway. But if not, that's okay. Let's take a few minutes and reflect about your year, because I anticipate that your year was different from our year as a body. So reflect on how God has been moving in and through you in 2018. Um, and I hope that he moves in, moves in you to bring hope for the upcoming year. And then we'll sing together. again for listening. We hope you've been challenged, encouraged, and helped by God and His Word. If you want more information about Grace Church of Ocala or would like to get in contact with us, please visit our home on the internet, ocalagrace.org. And if we haven't met yet, we hope to talk with you soon.